So if you want to hear more of our podcast, please click on jamesandsana.com and you can hear our previous episodes. And please subscribe because James has some good word of wisdoms every morning to share with you guys through that email that comes into your inbox. Just like we do everything together. Right. You and me are going to do everything together, honey. What do you mean? <laughs> and we're going to get on our last nerve in doing so. We're going to drive each other crazy. <laughs> That's the beauty of our <laughs> marriage, honey. <laughs> that is the beauty of our marriage. Can you imagine? It's one of the things that makes it beautiful. Right. Can you imagine if both of us were really perfect? I don't think this marriage would have worked. Yes, that would be a problem if both of us were perfect. Right. Just like the um, magnet theory. You know, magnet has two sides, N and S. One is mm -hmm. minus, one is right. positive. If you put right. both S side together, they will kind of push each other away, right? They mm -hmm. drift away. But if you put N and S side together, they immediately stick together. So right. that's how our marriage looks like. But don't ask me which one of us is positive, which one is negative. <laughs> Or don't ask us which one of us is perfect and which one of us is not. Exactly. Because <laughs> we all know... That sauna is the one that's perfect. Uh, we all, all means you, yourself, and James. <laughs> yeah. Me, myself, and I, we all know that sauna is the one that's perfect. That's not true. I think you are perfect. Really? Yeah. You think that I am perfect? Yes. This is news to me. This is sauna acting all nice for the cameras. Now that the microphone is recording. No, I think you are perfect as a human to... being. Um, okay. Why do you think that, honey? Well, when you say uh, you're not perfect and you're prone to make mistakes and you're prone to mm -hmm. make mistakes that you have done before repeatedly, mm -hmm. that makes you yeah. a perfect human. So making mistakes makes me perfect. Yeah, human beings are not perfect. And if you are telling the truth, that makes you perfect. Okay. I'm uh, becoming a little bit philosophical, if maybe difficult for you to understand. <laughs> okay. Do you still want to have sex with me? Uh, what do you mean? Well, I'm just asking, do you still want to have sex with me? Uh, yes. Then I agree with you. What? <laughs> That's a very cheap talk. <laughs> it's, it's funny. This is entertaining. We have to be entertaining for our three listeners, honey. So you live only for sex? And look at the cat I'm on just... your background. <laughs> He already had enough of us. He's leaving the house. <laughs> Yeah, cat's like, let me out of here. I don't care if it's 23 degrees outside. I think 
the cat is tired of me and you having discussions. <laughs> Every yeah. time me and you start talking, he leaves. <laughs> okay, honey, I'm going to let the cat out. Why don't you tell our listeners that joke that you know? Hang on. All right, so I'm going to share a poem from Rumi, one of my favorite... And so the, and so the rabbi says... Okay, what was the punchline? Honey, you disturbed me. Okay, I'm sorry, what were you saying? I, I was, I was going to share a poem from Rumi, one of my favorite poets, ah, while we were it. away. While I was away. Five seconds letting the cat out. Right. So <laughs> this poem, here it goes. The minute I heard my first love story, I started looking for you. Not knowing how blind that was. Lovers don't finally meet somewhere. They are in each other all along. Nice. Just like you and me. Just like you and I. Exactly. <laughs> exactly like you and I. <laughs> or me and you. I and you. <laughs> you can even say you and you or I can say I and I. Because we are one after we got married. Our souls became one. We are part of one flesh. Right. So if someone calls out, hey, Sana, I'm supposed to turn around and say what? Yeah. It actually really happens when we go to shopping mall or somewhere we walk and somebody who knows us suddenly call one mm -hmm. of us. We both turn our head. Did you notice? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That means we are one. <laughs> That's true. It's one of the proofs that we are one flesh. Although I, I will never sign my name Sana, just so you know. Right. Because, but, but if so, it, but if I hear if I hear someone say, "Hey, Sana," then I will turn around and exactly see who it is because they're calling for my wife, right? And they'd better have good intentions in doing. <coughs> Man, I didn't cough for like ten days. Now that we are doing this, I'm coughing. Honey, you know what? You know why we sign our names and we don't sign our spouses' names? Why? Because signature was created by men. And signature was okay. created to do worldly stuff. Transactions, something that relate to material, money. It's like mm -hmm. system created to kind of bring accreditation into documents, governments, and stuff like that. It's not holy. Okay. It's not something related to human spirit and soul. Okay. So that's why we do not... Well, it's not unholy. It's not unholy, but I'm talking about marriage and how we are in one mm -hmm. flesh and one. Hmm. Yes. It's very yeah, different context from <clears throat> how we conduct our business or maybe sign contracts or sign our bank check right. and stuff like that. Yes. So like when you get married uh, and it's recognized by God... That's not that's sacred. You don't put your signature on that. But if you go to the government courthouse and you get a marriage certificate so that you can, I guess, survive in this world, then you sign your name to it, mm -hmm. which isn't 
it's not it's not like it's unholy, but it's not holy is what you're saying. Right. It's not unsacred. Mm-hmm. But it's not sacred. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just there. It's something you do. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you brush your teeth because you have to. Oh, holy about you it. reminded me. You're gonna I come home, and you will be <laughs> you will be having your wife on your neck with a tweak. <laughs> Did you brush your teeth at night, morning? Did you take a shower? Did you scrub your back? <laughs> Did you flush the toilet? <laughs> Did you again standing Sana. pee? Did you pee again standing? <laughs> Sana is nine days away from having her husband return and her days of bliss of living alone and having a clean house are soon coming to an end. Oh my god. James walk every step he walks he drops something. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I'm just squishing my pee in the in the floor every time I walk. No, there's something like there is a piece of squish. cotton or something falls. I don't uh-huh. know why. A piece of cotton. Or like thread from your pants or You just like go barefoot out there and you get all this mud and grass on your feet and then you walk in and I see my clean bed sheet mm-hmm. have your footprints on it. It's just a clean, nice, tightly. You want to go shower it into bed and you see that footprint. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? Is this, this is a, an, an example of the N and the S. I'm the N and Sana's the S. Yeah, exactly. we're different that way I think there's I, I like getting out and getting my feet dirty having my feet on the ground in fact uh, we just uh, had some had a delivery yesterday for these sandals called earth runners mm-hmm. and these are unique sandals in that they have a copper uh, plug on the bottom of it so that you, so that you can uh, ground with the earth without your feet actually touching the grass so it's it's a way to connect with the earth without getting your feet dirty i guess is the best way to put it right and my loving husband got me a pair because he's yes. worried about my health and he wants me to experience the goodness that he's experiencing and i appreciate it thank you honey matching pair it's called earth runners earthrunners.com and they're matching and i love to have matching stuff with my husband Yeah, so I I got mine. I got it yesterday, last night, and I just took them out of the package and just fitted them to my feet. And then we'll do the same when I get there, and we'll take photos of our matching sandals <laughs> <laughs> with her uh, manicured toes, and everything <laughs> looks great with her feet. And then you'll see mine, which are always main. cherry red toes. <laughs> <laughs> Mine, mine are mangy and all dead skin on the back. They're disgusting. No, honey, I always so you, do it for you. Any, I always clean it for you. Why you say that? I scrub there it won't for be you. Any, there won't be any guesswork as to whose feet are whose. You'll know mine. You'll know Sana's. Honey, you're size ten. I'm mm-hmm. size eight. <laughs> They don't have to see the callus and stuff to know whose feet is yeah yours are significantly smaller than mine my my feet are thin (laughs) and small right (laughs) right right anyhow they're cool sandals and they're not 
they're not super expensive. They're like oh, are they the sandals? Are they yours? There on the yeah, right there. Oh, I thought I, I thought it's cat for some reason. <laughs> Look like cat. No, that's the that's the sandals. Mm-hmm. Earth runners. They've got a copper plug on the bottom that <coughs> allows you to ground with the earth. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Speaking of grounding, we were talking about this before we um, hit record, and we were talking about this, and we said, man, this is such good stuff. We need to get our computers and get the Zoom room going and get the microphones fired up, mm-hmm. because this is interesting that we were talking about. And I think what we were... I, I can't remember exactly what the conversation was, but it was about how to... Uh, knowing the difference between being in control of your life and knowing when to kind of ride with life, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying that before you met me, you were always in control of every single part of your life, micromanaged to the T, every every single part of it. Mm -hmm. And then you met James, and all of a sudden you you found yourself letting go a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of... uh, you know, just you just kind of, I don't know how the best way to put it, but you just didn't feel like you had to control everything. You felt like you were uh, uh, not drifting, but letting go a little bit. Is that accurate? I can't remember exactly what we were saying. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, having a <clears throat> man like you, James, a very godly person who put family first, uh, you always support me. You always, I mean, like every couple, we have ups and downs, but the way you calm me down and you bring the peace back between me and you, uh, mm-hmm. that's what I think should every couple seek in their life, married life. Um, right. I mean, even if not, this is what I value. I value family, you know, I love family. I always love to be part of a big family. Unfortunately, I circumstances didn't allow. Uh, and I am very protective toward my family members. And um, I feel like when you came to my life, you have showed me that there is not much difference between me and you and my family. You, Me and you felt like, I think you said it, honey, a long time ago, <clears throat> that it's like we know each other for decades, like hundreds of yes. years. It was, yeah. when we started even talking, it was like uh, you were no stranger to me and I was no stranger mm. to you. We kind of from beginning started talking about very serious stuff in our lives that we didn't even share with our own families, if you right. notice. Yes, yes. People call that old souls. Right. It's a term that's used to describe that. And people who knows me, uh, they always say Sana is a mystery because I never share about my life to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I had a plan in my life when I was 18 years old and I become this iron person. I didn't let people point finger at me because I didn't want anybody to stop me from my success and achievement. I had to let go of a lot of opportunities because I wanted to do one at a time. I didn't want to be drift away. And 
um, I reached to a point and I felt like I have achieved something in my life. And I look back and I see uh, putting myself into hardship and creating those standards that everybody criticized me for. Even my own mother said to me once when I got my first degree from university, Sana, I want you, you're a good daughter. You never disturb me. You never harm anybody. I want you to go out there, enjoy like an open woman. I don't know what she meant that time, but I guess she meant go out there, dance, drink, because she she felt like I am just, you know, focused on good thing. I want to do good, 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 good. And my my own mother coming to um, Persian mother coming and saying that it's absolutely <laughs> nuts, crazy. Of course, I right. never do that. She knew it probably. But I think she tried to tell me that you have to soften a bit about your life. Maybe you're doing the right. right thing. And now that you are on the verge of achievement, give yourself a break. But I never gave myself a break. You know, I always worked hard and I always went sleepless night. And uh, of which I see the result of them now I'm losing my hair and, you know, a dark circle and stuff. It comes, it shows how I was dedicated in, to what I have planned in my life. And then one of my plan was to start looking for somebody to be my life partner from 35, 36. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are a lot of suitors out there and definitely being from a culture that there is a lot of arranged suitor come in. People were always ready, talking to my mom and referring to her doctor we need your daughter and stuff like that. It's very normal. <laughs> well, my mom is right. like, well, my daughters, they are grown up. They achieved a lot in their life. But and on one thing, I don't have control. And that is to choose their spouses. If they want, they are ready. God will bring that right person for them. This is what my mom always used to tell me and my sister and to everybody. So I start, you know, a little bit loosen up open up my heart and to the extent to go to an extreme that created so much war in my head to let, you know, people introduce friends and stuff to me where you come in as well. (laughs) And then it started even more that to the extent that I'd completely given up everything in my life. And I said, this is my husband I am committed to him. I am not going to make any step further if my husband is not agreeable. Everything I'm doing, everything we do in our life, it must be, you know, run by my husband and it must be our two of our decisions. So pretty much for past three years, my life is very constantly, you know, the same way, the same tone. Not much changes. Of course, our listeners know and we know better because of the circumstances we are in right now. Mm -hmm. We have settlement issue and uh, all the other things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing that came to my mind to describe what you're talking about is if you go out in the ocean or even on a river or a lake, you see these buoys out on the on on the water and it, it they're there to direct traffic or just kind of stay away from the rocks or whatever 
And these buoys, they are usually with a chain, maybe a rope, but they're more or less grounded to the ocean floor, right? Mm. They're, they're, they're tied to the ocean floor. But they also move with the waves. It's not like they're immovable. They're not. They're, it, it's not like they're a, a structure that doesn't move. They have to move with the water. Mm. So if a boat passes by and it creates some some waves from the boat, mm-hmm. then it, it uh, the buoy is going to move with the waves. Mm. Or if there's wind or a storm or whatever, then those buoys they move with the water, but they don't move from their location. Right. They might they might move ten feet however long that chain allows them to move, but they're not going to move from their location. They're always in the same spot, but they go with the waves, wherever the waves take them, within that, within that little area. So that's kind of what I was thinking. I hate using that word, kind of, I'm going to say. <laughs> so that's what I was thinking of when you were talking about uh, you had to let go of these this tendency to be in control of your life constantly in every single part of your life, every single reaction that you had, every part of your public persona you had full control over, and then you met me, and all bets were off. You just like you felt you felt like you were not in control. It sounds like for a short time, but then the more we've gotten to know each other, the closer we've become. <clears throat> the more we've become one flesh, as we've already talked about, maybe that has sense of control has come back a little bit, but you don't have to be that immovable object in the ocean. You can drift a little bit as long as you stay grounded to that anchor. I don't call it control. I'm uh, mm-hmm. At this point... Of course when... you don't. Why would you? <laughs> what control freak calls it control? I am not a control freak. <laughs> No, of course not. Nope. May I speak? Yes. So I don't call it control. I would say I'm trying to bring organization in our life as a woman because uh, as a wife, as a stepmom, I have responsibilities. And women have a little bit more intuition and kind of sense of protection and they are more... Um, if you study about women's hormones and their psychology, you will know they, uh, because of that, they are more cautious. They kind of foresee things better than men. Men are basically builders, creators, innovators. And if you look at, if you study about builders, creators, and innovators, you will understand that their mind is drifting away into imagination and findings that light at the end of the tunnel and grab it. Because of that, their mind is always busy. That's why, you see, I mean, God's creation is so wonderful, uh, the man and woman. I always tell my students, why are you thinking about marriage? Who said man and woman have to live together? They're com- if we were the same, then we would not be called man and woman. We would have been man and man or woman and woman. There is no reason right. for us to live together. But this is a survival kit God gave us. In order to survive, in order to make our life complete, we have to marry. Because men are men, just like now I told you, they're creators, they're workers, they have to innovate, they have to always find something to multiply. 
And women are more like a manager. They are visionary leader. They can see forward and they make it complete. They kind of create an environment for their husbands to excel and be better. So I would not say I'm using that power to control my husband and my family, but I'm using that to protect my uh, family, to bring organization into our family, to make it stable and make sure that the wind and the waves will not make it shake too much. Because it's always better to always have a peaceful life, sometimes sacrificing what we really desire and need, than to get involved into something that brings a small pleasure or to us, but in the long run, the consequence will be so disastrous and so much of scar will be left on our mind and soul and on life forever. And I, as a woman who um, consider myself as a literate and educated, should be able to at least apply that into my own nuclear family and bring that into a point where my kids and my stepson uh, is around me they will go out and be proud of their mom. They would talk about it. It's important for me when my kids go out there and tell how my qualities bring peace to their father, to their home, and how they go to bed, they close their eyes, and they are 100% feel safe, secure, well-fed, and they are not afraid even if the whole world turns upside down. Because there is a strong mm-hmm. hold in the family to help them right. to survive in this world. That's, that is, I would say, the word to explain it. To be well organized yeah. and well prepared. Mm-hmm. I don't call it a control. <coughs> it may look like control because uh, we just, we human beings <coughs> tend to look at things on the surface. We don't want to look at it deep inside and see what, you know, caused some sort of action to take place at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Right. You're speaking in very generalized terms <clears throat> with the gender roles, but they're not predicated on any kind of falsehood. It, I think generally speaking, men are the visionaries and the women are the ones that bring, bring them back to reality and say, wait, wait a minute, man, we can't do that because of this and this and this. We have to wait. We have to plan better. Sometimes the the roles are reversed, where the the woman is the she she wants to do this, and the man uh, is the one that holds things back. But I think, generally speaking, I think you're not. It's not inaccurate to say that the men are the planners, the the big picture people, and the women keep things grounded at home. And I was talking with my son Gabriel. Because he's 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 uh, losing his dad. He, his dad is going away again for a period of time, and we hope that it's not too long. But he's he's dealing with this, and he's you know he's he's sad, and I'm doing my best to work with him and talk things over with him, and he gets it. He knows that dad is married, and he has to take care of his wife. He gets it. He gets it, and I've explained that to him. But it doesn't change the fact that he's sad about it. And I'm sad too. I'm sad to leave my son. It's uh it's not it's not a pleasant thing 
to go through for any father to be separated from his child. But I said last night, because um, we talked about it before, why I'm going and Sana needs daddy and daddy needs Sana. And he, so he gets that. But I said, there's another reason that I haven't told you, son, that I'm leaving. It's because I'm not complete without Sana. I need to have Sana in order to be the best James or the best daddy that I can be. If it's just me, I'm not any good. It's not like I'm not any good, but I'm not who I'm supposed to be without my wife near me. I don't know how a seven-year-old understands that or processes it, but I know that when he's 27, he'll think of those conversations that he had with his dad. I think he understands a lot. I think even right now. I think he does. No yeah. need to be 27. There's, Gabriel is very smart. Yeah, but he's very smart, but <clears throat> it, there's only so much that a seven-year-old brain can process and understand. Right. He's not going to understand it like, like we understand it. But when he's even 17 making decisions, I, I, I have to believe that these discussions that we're having right now and seeing his dad make these decisions that are difficult but necessary— it's going to affect his decision making when he's an adult, and uh, that's been uh, what has kept me um, going when when I have to leave him. I just say, someday this is all going to pay off. He's going to see the example that his father set, and it's going to affect his decision making when he's an adult. So, yeah, I mean, I'm like, I think there's even a scripture where it says that the man is not suited to be left alone. He needs, like, God created woman because he saw that man was not complete with without his, without a woman, and so that's that's why we have the biological makeup that we have is we're we're not complete without our women. And we have to put our women first and foremost. Make sure your children are taken care of. I know, but when God says you have to be together and God's creatures try to separate people from each other, it's just yeah, absurd. It's problematic. Yep. Yes. Everybody see me out there. They think I need a psychologist because... They look at my face this year and they compare me from the person I was. The joy, everything is gone from my life. I used to be like a kid jumping here and there. I have no energy anymore even to walk my dog out there. Right. Well, I'm I'm not the same man as I am alone as I am with you. So, we need each other, I mean, as you can hear. Can anybody, like, explain to NBC that there is there is a boy, small boy waiting for us? And they're harming adults and kids.
Uh, no, we can't explain that to them. They're not open to that kind of feedback, sadly. They don't know that there's there's a kid waiting there and you're coming here and we have to go back and they don't know about all these stories. Yeah. Those, those people have to be a little bit, not a little bit, extremely jaded to their jobs because we're one of thousands of people who are in similar situations and there are thousands of families who are separated and waiting on um, the people at the visa center to process their paperwork. We're one of thousands and everybody has a sob story. I'm, I'm speaking uh, in the way that these people think. Everybody's got a sob story. We have a job to do. You become jaded with it. <clears throat> but this will happen in its own good time, honey. And when we're all together, it'll be a joyful time. And uh, we don't, we don't uh, de- determine our joy in life, our satisfaction in life, on the actions or inactions of others. We do our best with what we've got. And... The rest is out of our hands. We don't have any control over that. So why lose sleep over it? Why cry tears over things over which we have no control? Well, it's just, yeah, exactly. I I mean, it should happen on its own right timing. It For me, it's not a rush. My, um, right. What makes me, the urgency is that I feel guilty. I feel like I am the reason uh, why you have to leave your son and mm-hmm. everyone else probably think that I'm such a bad person that you from Gabriel mm. but, but they don't know who I am and I'm just a human being and I, I have nothing agenda or a plan just, I just I just love my family. I just love my husband and my sons and everyone. And everybody around you, they just, with words, with action, they try hard so much to separate you from me. I mean, how much, how much torture I have to take? Well, sweetheart, it's due to no fault of our own. That's that's all I can say. It's not <laughs> this wasn't our idea. If it was up to us, we'd be together right now. All three of us together. But what can you do? I mean, the situation itself is already so hard. We need Pastors to pray for us, our own family to give us positive energy. But everybody's just against me and you. If the time, the moment you go back and I'm away from you, all your ears is for them. <clears throat> they use their cunning ways to fill your mind with all these emotional talks or even introduce you to other people that you could have married. Why me? All these things, all these talks that they give you. 
instead of sitting together to plan how to make us, you know, more happy, take the pain out of us. Well, this is proof positive that we need to be together. We're just, we're not ourselves when we're apart. We're not the best version of ourselves when we're apart. We're, I feel like I'm half of myself. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm half as productive, half as efficient uh, when I'm separated from my wife as I am when I'm with her. Things are just better when Sano's around. And things will be better for all of us when we finally get this visa business behind us. Well, we've been going for almost 40 minutes, honey, so we should, uh, we should sign off because we both have lives to live, the things to do. So do you want to give the call to action for our three listeners? Um, that means I have to tell them about our website. That would be it. <laughs> well, thank you for tuning in. And I know we've been quite busy and didn't give out any episode lately. And we came back with this very emotional episode. But I hope you will like it. And my name is Sana. And I am doing this podcast with my dear husband, James. You can always reach out to our website at www.jamesandsana.com. If you want, you can subscribe and enjoy daily emails that James sent. And he has pretty good stuff every morning to share with us. Amen. (laughs) In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Brother Newcomb. (laughs) You're welcome, Sister Newcomb.